And speaking of annoying, 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 we're here, we're here, we're here, uh, we're here to talk about Ant Man, Quantumania. Yes, Quantumania. Yeah. So, um, I don't think that was the song from the movie at all. It, it's not. <laughs> so, funny thing, uh, this is the first MCU movie in a very long time that we did not see together. Correct. This is the first movie. I may have ever seen in the theaters by myself. No. Yeah. Ever? I think I told you this story last time. I think so. The last one I remember trying to do was one of the recent-ish Mission Impossible movies. And by recent-ish, I mean like 10 years ago. Oh, right. So you said it was like... And they wouldn't let my friend in the protocol, theater. Right? Yeah, they wouldn't let my friend in the theater because she was so late. Uh-huh. And I just walked out because I didn't want to see a movie by myself. Yeah, the kind of movie that loser. Yeah. Hey, man, I love going to movies by myself. Yeah. Uh, especially if it's like a crowded theater and like, I know that like other people are there to have fun. Other people were there to have fun. Me. I had a seat in between me and the other people. So I knew no one was going to take that seat. So question. I was comfy. You went. So Katie and I went on opening night. Yeah. Marvel movies historically are always very, very busy on opening nights. Yeah. And, and it was packed. Yeah. How was yours? Because you went on a Friday mine was, midday. Mine was full. I mean, it wasn't packed, but it was, I think there were, there were people in every row. Um, There was one, I mean, there was one seat of space between me and the people like next to me. Okay. Um, Yeah, it was, there was, there was a lot of people in there in, in that showing of Ant-Man. Good. Yeah. Um, Because this is probably make it or break it, I think, for Marvel. Like if this phase does not land. Then I think they're in trouble. Yes. Right? So we we just came out of Phase 4. Our last Phase 4 movie was Black Panther. Black Panther. Right? Which I haven't even looked at our itinerary. Are we are we just talking about the movie? Or are we just talking about the movie and the big picture? I so like I think can't... we have to. I think we have to, right? Yeah. Like it, it's – you know, okay. So so going into the movie, um, I, I saw a few reviews and I – to hear some people go like this movie feels like too much setup. No, like, like there's this just serves nothing but like as uh, as like filler for everything that's coming on the line. And I'm like, I feel like there's still a story that's very centered around Scott and Cassie. I do agree that Evangeline Lilly is sidelined a bit. Yeah, but I mean, you can't she has have stuff to do. She has stuff to do, but this, this wonder- story is about Scott. Cassie and honestly, Janet. She may have had more to do in this movie. I, I could be exaggerating. She may have had more to do in this movie than Natalie Portman had to do in Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, hundred percent. Which a hundred percent is sad. Very sad. <laughs> I still to this day, you know, I was looking at my letterbox. I gave, I gave that movie. You were. Stars. We, I was too positive on it. You were too kind to that movie. We were upon initial viewing. That movie soured over time. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I might be too harsh to this movie, but I'll I'll stand by my I'll try to stand by my critiques. Okay. during this yeah. episode. Um, so very very quick, uh, non non spoiler stuff because honestly, this this movie you kind of gotta talk about spoilers. Yeah, because who the fuck is watching the thirty second Marvel movie without? Like, yeah, I have a friend who's always like, well, now to get this, I have to like, I have to like know what's happening before and i don't like that i'm like well hop to it buddy it's <laughs> like if you care then watch and if you don't then like but also you had every opportunity to tap out 
All right, so hear me out. It sounds like a lot, right? No, you just need like, to watch the Avengers movies. I think so. Like, yeah. I think there's a couple things that you can kind of skip. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, like, if you're trying to catch up up to Endgame, you absolutely should watch almost everything before, except maybe like some of the Thor movies. I think it depends. I, th- I think it, I think you can. It de- there's many. Just like there's many ways to watch the Star Wars movies mm-hmm. if you want somebody to like get into it. I think there's many ways to quote unquote catch up on Marvel. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so so let's go ahead and just even I would say I, I really like this movie. I liked it more than Love and Thunder. Yes. Um significantly. Significantly. I had more fun with this than Wakanda Forever. This is more fun than Wakanda Forever. I I, I don't know <laughs> that it's I'm using fun very intentionally. I don't necessarily I don't necessarily I don't necessarily equate fun to good in what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not as good as Black, as Black Panther 2. But like I think it's I, I, I am more likely to rewatch this yeah. than I am to rewatch Black Panther and it's two hours and forty minutes of sad. Yeah, I don't even know. I so I think I agree. I don't know. I don't know how confident I am in saying it's not as good as Black Panther two. Okay. Um, and if 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 it's not as good, then like, if it's not as good as Black Panther two, I feel like it's just like marginally so. To me, I think actually they both share similar problems. But that that movie is sad, right? Kind of against its own. You know, as we talked about in our review. It's sad for reasons like kind of beyond, it's it's sad for reasons beyond its control. Yeah. Right. Um this movie doesn't have other than potentially COVID, this movie doesn't have like a lot of like external factors dictating mm-hmm. dictating its quality or lack thereof. Um but it is you do you do sit through this movie and you have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And um so let's go into it. Uh so we start with Scott. Kind of writing the coattails of his fame. Yeah. Right. You know, the joke in it is whether or not he is as instrumental in the... in, in like the overall beating of Thanos. Well and yes and no, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, if it wasn't for him giving Tony the idea of using the quantum realm. Right. Like maybe eventually Tony would have figured something out. But it it's the reason why it only took him five years. Yeah, I don't know how interested Tony would be in the quantum realm without, like... As far as we're aware, he has, like, no real knowledge. Knowledge of it. Right. Like, his stuff has always been more like, what's the threat happening out in space? Yeah. And I think that's what aids up most of his, like, interest. And it's not that Tony was just missing knowledge. He was missing missing both knowledge and motivation. That, too. So you need both those pieces Mm -hmm. to get him to... Mm-hmm. And skip. but but that does kind of come into play a couple of times where like they're like yes like you and your friend Captain America went to like <laughs> save the world blah blah blah. Um, so it 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 was it was very good at, at like kind of letting you know that like he's kind of being silly but he kind of feels like he just wants to lay low. That's I feel like the movie tells us that. Yes. I think if I were okay, so kind of jumping ahead, but this is where this is where this point is relevant. So I'll say it now. Sure. I think if I were to play script doctor for this movie, and if I could just change like one part, I would elongate 
the opening, I don't know if you want to call it an act or a few scenes, everything before the quantum realm. Yeah, like the intro is very fast. I, it needs more. Yeah. It needs more. Yes. Because I because I, I see that throughout later the parts, Cassie is like kind of criticizing him for not like doing much. But we haven't seen we, we haven't seen that. I mean, like he wrote a book, like he's kind of going about his life, but like the film hasn't shown us that like he's neglectful mm-hmm. of of something. Yeah. And in a way, I guess also I, I would have liked to see more of Cassie doing stuff yeah. to show that she is doing because we are told she's in jail. Right. And we see her get bailed, but that's it. Yep. We don't know what else she's been up to. And granted, some of that could have happened in the five years, you know, since, um, you know, Scott went missing. Uh, But I I also do kind of not love that part of the story. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, I don't like kids. Right. Especially movie kids. Movie kids piss me off. But I always felt that Scott and Cassie's relationship in the movies Cassie's was great. like very adorable and yes. very cute. And seeing them like kind of at odds. It's ugly. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the the rabbit. Yeah, yeah. It's so ugly. Um but yeah, so like that was I was like, oh, I kind of don't like that that story beat. But I need a clarification question. Yes. The movie says that she was working on her like beacon down to the quantum realm. Yes. When does she start working on it? She starts working on this in the gap years between um, when they get blipped out. So during the blip. Yes. While Scott is down there. Yes. Who is she working on it with? Just herself. She says she found some of, she says, uh, I found some of grandpa's like journals and notes. Okay. And I started like researching, but obviously, like it wasn't until they came back that she was able to like fast track all this. I haven't seen um, Ant Man and the Wasp in ages. Mm-hmm. Does she have like a relationship with the Pims in that movie? Not a lot. Yeah. I know that like there is some stuff I think with her. Yeah. But not extensive. Yes. But I think if if. You know, you know your dad has access to this technology to shrink down and, and all this shit. Right. Like, maybe there's something. You could fiddle. There were parts where I was watching, and I'm like, wait, it, it almost made it seem like the Pims were there with her, and like Ant-Man mm-hmm. was present, but I'm like, but that's not true, because they were blipped. Yes. Yeah. All three of them. Yes. Yes. Anyway. But yeah, <laughs> um, that, that, that again, it's, it's it's those things that you, you kind of mentioned. Yeah. Like. Could have been tied up a little bit better. Do we have indication how long this is after anything else? Um, how long after the blip? How long after any other movie that's been out? You know, this is why I wish I would have been able to see this movie twice this weekend. Yeah, it's just such a so so much to do. Right, um, so much to do. So much to do. Once again, I have no respect for bored people. No, yep. busy times. Busy times. Um, it's definitely within like a couple of years. Okay. So like I feel like we've we've haven't gone past like twenty twenty four. Yeah. Cause like the events of Endgame take place in twenty twenty three. He has to have had enough time to write a book. We've presumably been through Loki. Yes. Season one. Yeah. 
That's a tricky question because technically speaking, Loki takes place out of time. Cor- correct. So that's yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's its own. Whole... I, I had this conversation at church today, not about Loki, <laughs> but things that are things that are in of time and out of time. So, yes, yeah. and technically speaking, quantum realm stuff is out of time. It's out of time. Yeah, right. It, it's it's weird and wacky. Yeah. Some sometimes it's like super fast. Sometimes oh. it's super slow. Also getting ahead of myself, and I know that you said, I also wish I saw this twice. Did this movie confirm that alternate timelines and alternate universes are the same thing? Because we've had discussions in the past mm-hmm. where I've explicitly asked, are timelines and universes different? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer was no. But there are points that can no, the answers make, are The answers are they are different. There, I, I, there's a point in this movie where it seems like Kang, Kang is equating timelines and universes. Mm, tricky. 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 It's tricky. Yes. Uh, it's tricky. <laughs> tricky. Tricky. Uh, yeah. So, I, I, and I know we've, we've definitely touched on this before, yeah. but I think the difference is within one universe, you can have multiple, multiple timelines. timelines. Yeah. Right? But, like, that's the reason why in Avengers, they go to different timelines, and they're all still the same Avengers, where there's Tony, there's Correct. Hulk. Yeah. Uh, it's just you're in the same universe, just in a different point, different in, point time. in time. Whereas in... Uh, Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness, and also in uh, Far From Home. Like, sorry, not Far From Home, No Way Home. Spider-Man. Well, well, but in Loki, those are alternate timelines, but they're clearly alternate. They're very alternate. Locus. Yeah, but that's because the TVA deals with all of them. It deals with they timelines. deal with timelines and multiverses. Okay. Yeah. And and that's also why in the um what's it called? Yeah, that's why we have like the three different Peters. Yeah. Right? They they don't look the same, the same way that like Tony looks in Endgame right. at different points where they travel, right? Different different things. Yeah. So yeah. So that that's also gets Weird because they're also kind of playing fast and loose with the rules. Correct. Right? Like, how long was Janet in the quantum realm? Even though it's only supposed to be 30 years. Yeah. But how long realistically is she actually gone? I forget. Time goes faster in the quantum realm or time goes slower? It depends. depends. And he says, like, there's time dilation. Some of it is the same. Some of it is, like, way faster. Some of it is way slower. Yeah. Because the ants... The ants, the the Dusex Machina. I love the ants. I fucking love the ants. Yeah. Um, and I like that they they showed them in the beginning. Yes, right. Because like first couple of scenes, uh, they like, show them at the beginning and then not again, not until, again until. The- but <laughs> it's true because I I did notice that he was fucking with his like. He was, and, and you know, I was watching the movie. And I was like, does. Fucking Michael Douglas wear a hearing, a hearing aid? aid. That's what I thought too. And I was like, I don't remember him having to wear yeah. a hearing aid. But I remember, yeah, he wears that hearing aid in all the other movies because that's how he talks to the, the ants. ants. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what he's fucking wrong mm. with. Okay, so that that does make sense. Um, we we are introduced to um, the the quantum realm, right? Which mm. is our big CG Alice in Wonderland style. A beautiful Blade. CG hours. You know, I don't give a fuck what people say. I love the laser battle. It looks really cool. It looks really cool. I love the laser battle. What's the laser battle? This is a common critique of the Marvel, especially the shows 
that they divulge into like laser battles. Are you talking about like um like end of the world? Right. Okay. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. But if I'm seeing superheroes whose power it is to like shoot lasers, yeah. I would expect a CGI laser battle. Yeah, that's not excusing other narrative flaws. However, sure. like when that's happening, yes, it, it's fine. I love a good laser battle. Yeah, of which this movie had a great laser battle. It had a few actually. Yeah. I think um, the so they they go down to the quantum realm and mm-hmm. they mention Janet right because the I like the way they kind of allowed Scott and everybody to communicate. Yeah, because in guardians they have like the universal translator right which is if you watch the movies you can see that peter quill has like a device in the back of his ear mm-hmm. and that lets him talk to anyone, anyone. essentially in english right yeah. and while you're in the quantum realm you're not going to use the same tech because it doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah but they they basically make them drink this drink guy's goo, goo. uh drink who is uh <laughs> drink the goo thing was great um it's actually the guy from the other movie um, who is it? Uh, Damien does something. He's the guy who plays Polka Dot Man. Oh, uh, you know what? Because when I okay, that makes sense. When I when I was watching it, I was like, "Is this Michael Sarah or Jesse Eisenberg?" And I never, I never bothered to. Yeah, he has like a he has like a weirdly high pitched voice. He has a Jason, he has a Jesse Eisenberg voice. Very Jesse. Let's, call, let's yeah. call it what it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's. Um, the, the the kind of nice thing is that like this is the guy who also plays a character in the Ant-Man movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's the um the Russian like contact that they work with. Mm. And I don't know if that was like a well, we wanna have him back, but right. he's not gonna do much. Same with Michael Pena, he's not in this fucking movie at all. So James Gunn's brother play multiple roles in, uh, in this in the MCU. Um, yes and no. Yeah. He plays Kraglin yeah. uh, in the Guardians movies, but then he's also the stand-in for Rocket. So technically he is uh, Rocket on set. Gotcha. But he's not. But he's not. Okay, not, so no, yeah. he plays one character. Um, yeah. Uh, the So we are introduced to a lot of characters, which I, I don't know if necessarily is like a negative, because I do think that what they show of them, I am at least okay with. I mark it as a negative. You mark it as a negative? But here, I like all of them. Mm-hmm. But for me, too much going on. Yes. So one of the one of the reviews that I saw, people were comparing this to Aquaman. Which I still haven't seen. Oh. I feel like this is a better Aquaman. Okay. Where, like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of characters being introduced. There's some that go away for a while and then don't show up until they're narratively necessary. Like Warrior Princess Lady with abs? Like Warrior Princess with, uh, yep, yep. with um, very stereotypical battle armor. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. And and I think, like, anytime she showed up, I was like, I know exactly what her character needs to be. Right. Do I need to know the intricacies of her, her apparently very very tragic backstory? No. Yeah. But when she's on screen, she's here to. She's here to kick to ass and take names. Kick ass, take names, be sad of injustice. Be sad of the injustice. Rally the troops, that. make peace with the white man. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but I do like that, that, that with that introduction of multiple characters, we're introduced to like a lot of really weird looking characters. I love the doorknob looking thing. The the guy with the glowy head. Yeah. Yeah. He was dope as fuck. Um, was. The, was. Uh, I, I, you know, we, we joked about him. His name is Veb. He's the, uh, well, Veb is the guy with the, with the goop. With the goop. Which gave us uh, probably my biggest laugh where he was like, Oh, you have a big mouth, a big hole in your face. How many holes do you have? I love the holes. And the guy goes, he's got seven holes. Yeah. And fucking Scott <laughs> just count. has to count. And he goes, oh, yeah. I counted. Two. I counted. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that checks out. Two nostrils, two ears, two a mouth. And a booty. And a booty. And, and a pee-pee. And a pee-pee hole. Yeah. Uh, which is a, a great joke. And it, it also let, they let that, like, beat hang just just enough. Just enough. Yes. A little longer, I feel, would have been overcooked. And you know what? It's textbook Marvel. Textbook Marvel? It's textbook Marvel, and it works. But it works. This movie was not too funny. No. I, and I've heard that critique a lot. It's it, it's a little heavy on the jokes, maybe towards the end, but I never felt they undercut every, anything. No, and I think that the reason why that, is, that works with this the most is because of they were able to balance the comedy a little bit better. That and also if there's any of the superheroes in the Marvel pantheon that don't need tension undercut, it is Yeah, man. Ant-Man. Yeah. In fact that's that, fucking silly. That's why I actually think the post credit scene in Ant Man and the Wasp works so well. Is because like historically these films have been like um appendix pieces where they follow they follow a big avengers movie they're like all right now let's deflate with some comedy right these films themselves are the things that sort of like deflate tension Mm -hmm. in the bigger ones and then when you end like ant-man and the wasp with the fucking blip you're like yeah oh shit i forgot yeah (laughs) yeah which is weird because i remember watching the movie i was like where the fuck does this take place i remember thinking that a couple times and it wasn't until like the last scene where I was like, "Oh, okay, so here we, this is yeah. where we are," uh, which made made sense, and and there was a good a good beat. Uh, but I do think in this movie where where it differs from, let's say, Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. is that like when when the serious shit is hitting, they let the seriousness linger, right? Like no one's cracking jokes, right? When Kang is like threatening to like basically kill cassie and making him relive it yeah right we we get our, our really good introduction to um to jonathan majors well not introduction because he was already here a big screen a, introduction it's a different yeah but in big screen right and i know that he considering the end i don't know if this is the version that we're going to be getting do we know if this king is dead it, they say he is but at the same time i don't necessarily think so because he just kind of like disappears this is interesting we have king well king less dubious because there's the council of kings yes but we've got that king and uh was his name rama tut and then uh victor timely i think is the guy at the end yeah so we have a few versions of king pop up in this movie uh but the one that we are like left with for the majority of it is King the Conqueror. Yeah. Right. And he's the one who is like the big the conqueror. He is the king. Which is why I think 
they introduce him and they kind of want us to think he's dead. I don't think this version of King is dead. Mm. Uh, it would, I would feel like it's kind of a mistake if they let him. Well, just like we don't think that the Scarlet Witch is dead or Wanda or Wanda Prime is dead. Yeah. 619, right? Is that who would be Wanda 619? I don't know. Uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 616? Yes. Excuse yeah. me. 619. Um, I, I think it's interesting, though, that we have we have both of these, like, pivotal villain or villainish characters mm-hmm. who are left in both of their films just with, like, very dubious, like, yeah. dubious fates. And and also, I think the fact that this, this is the king out of all the kings mm-hmm. that the council felt was needed to go needed to go yeah. i feel like that's why this king needs to be the one to come back yeah right uh it, it's we, we really are, are are all over the place with this but it's fine I mean, because it's it's a it's marvel quantum movie, media right <laughs> yeah um so we 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 touched a little bit on on the cg and this movie and there was one thought that i had about it is i know that they use the volume again for this quite a bit mm-hmm. i feel that out of all the movies recently that used the 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 volume extensively i feel like this is the one that doesn't feel as restricted by it by what do you say by like the special effects of the volume oh, okay because like when you're using the volume like you're essentially like in a room yeah. surrounded by screen so there really is so much you can do there was there was a couple points where like Scott and Cassie were walking. Where I'm like, okay, this is them clearly walking in mm-hmm. front of like blank space, but it didn't. I don't. It never bothered me. Mm-hmm. And it it helps that like everything, not everything, but like pretty much most of the things that we were shown feel felt pretty polished. Yeah, there was one scene when Janet's talking to the the weird crap people at first. They take her to visit. Um, when they're at the bar. Before the bar, when they're like in the deserty looking. Oh area, yeah. And she like chops the guy's arm off, stabs him in the chest, and they hug. And they're cool. Yeah. Um, that that like the jellyfish, it's like a pink flying jellyfish. The spaceship looked yeah. awful. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh really? Um, I it, thought I thought it looked cool. It wasn't the spaceship. Okay. It wasn't that. It was another. So there, there's like two really weird looking like rides. Yeah. Right. There's like a it, one looks like a, a chainsaw that's like horizontal. Right. And then there's another like pink glowy like jellyfish that circles them a few times, and that looks really. It looked really like fake water CG. Interesting. It, it looked really odd. Then they show the. Like the weird giant, like gray jellyfish that they ride on. Okay. That one, that one, I felt uh, looked better. But everything after that, I think, looked pretty good. I think it also helps that these things are colorful. They have they have many splashes of personality. Mm-hmm. The concepts are creative, right? And you can only, buildings are alive. Yeah, you can only get so weird with these things, right? Like uh, one of the one of the things that I always complain or not complain, but like think it's kind of strange about um star wars is that like everything is essentially just a human with something right right you have ahsoka who's like a human with like weird like tentacles coming I forget out of what head. the actual name is I, yes yeah. if i if i don't if yeah. if you don't know i'm yeah. not i'm not gonna fucking yeah. know 
but like everything essentially looks like a human with something. I feel like in this one, what well, we still we still do get a few of those that are humanoid. That are human or humanoid. There are some that are just like weird, like crab or like amoeba looking things. And Ma- I, many protozoan creatures in this uh, mm-hmm. in this film. And I liked I liked that idea. I liked I li- I liked the the CGI menagerie so much to the extent like. I would like to see this cast of background characters again. I would like point. I would like a show yeah. set in the quantum realm with just these like I don't know if I would go show, but I would like I would like I would like some of them to make an appearance again. I don't I need think to see they like the probably yeah. would. Yeah. My thinking is if if um Seeker Wars is like as stacked as it's supposed to, right. I could see a few of these characters showing up at the end for uh-huh. like a big like endgame style battle. Like I don't need the Chithari. I don't need um I don't need those like cannibals who like try to eat Thor at the beginning of Ragnarok, right? Mm-hmm. But I do I do kind of want these these little bugs and Yeah, because they're they're, yeah. they're silly. They they're look silly. They're, 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 they're kind creative. of fun. Yeah. And that's that's something that does happen in um in Aquaman. Mm. Like it's just a big at the end, like they gather all like the different like underwater kingdoms and they have this huge battle and there are these weird like crab monsters there's some sea monsters there's mm-hmm. some like mermaid people but like they're not very interesting mm-hmm. so like when shit's going down you're like i don't give a fuck right like there's these giant like crab machines just stomping the fuck out of all these people mm-hmm. you're like I have, I have no interest in what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. but like it, it's pretty telling that even though they weren't very fleshed out or or shown very much, like when the face glowy hammer guy, yeah, like gets got, yeah, I was like, oh damn, no, I was sad, homie. I was sad, uh, yeah. and I, I was sad, even though in the moment I was also thinking, and I could have been more sad, right? It was, yeah, this is the, to be the enjoyable tricky part about reviewing this movie because it is very antithetical to what like general critique of pop culture wants to do where either something is like dog shit or like fantastic mm-hmm. right where where i'm like there's 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 many flaws for me in this movie there's many good things about me in this movie like i have i have to rate this one like middle of the road mm-hmm. and i think he is like a very good microcosm of that where i was like i'm sad because you were cute and lovable and like vulnerable <laughs> and tough and at the same point i wish i had more of you early on yeah and and that's i i don't disagree with you on that um a couple of the things that I, I do do want to touch on. Um well one big one is Modoc because he has probably the biggest change from the comics. From the comics and from kind of like what people were expecting. So in the comics he's not Peter Russo from House of Cards. Okay, he's not Yellow Jacket. Yes. Yeah. Right. So in this movie they make the change. It's um Corey Stoll is the actor, right? Derek, yeah. I believe is uh, the Darren. name. Darren. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so Darren becomes Kang's lackey, essentially. Yeah. Right. And I think people are being too too hard on on Modoc's look. The like the stretched out face? Like the, the way he looks. Okay. And I'm Let like, me Google Modoc because I don't know what comic Modoc looks like. But keep keep going. 
it's just like when you take something that is supposed to look like a human face, right. just massively stretched out. Yeah. You're basically making a character that's a face with arms and legs, like no body whatsoever, yeah. right? Yeah. It's going to look ridiculously stupid. Right. Does and he then, also have a whole bunch of weapons attached to him, like a Digimon in the comics? Kind of. Yeah. He's got like his like suit has like stuff on it. Yeah. And so like that's that's what it is. It, it's just an inherently stupid character. So it looks exactly like it does in the. It looks just like it. Yeah. Like, I think. <laughs> what did people want? Like, I don't get it. I yeah. I think this is the perfect character to do. To this is the perfect character to emasculate with making him like defeated Yellow Jacket. Yeah. Yeah. And but I do like the way the way his character ends. When they're just like, dude, you're just being a dick for the sake of being a dick. Yeah. And do I think that the character turn this has like no said no. But the character is at least kind of aware that the way they're framed does make them they're like they're happy that like they're happy that he stops being a dick, but they're like, Oh, this came out of yeah. The characters recognize this came out of Yeah, they're like, Oh, okay, and then he's like at least they can right. die in Avenger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I do like that, you know, he's like a secondary villain, but he's one that like you're you're able to kind of play around with a little bit more. Yeah. There really is no playing around with like King. No. Right? Like, but like but like the people who wanted I heard a lot of people compare this to Taskmaster. I can I, I don't I know very little about Taskmaster. I can better see how people were mad about Taskmaster, even though I still think that's stupid. I feel like people who feel like this character was, like, mutilated and character assassinated are Yeah, so I don't want to say that it's because, like, these people get attached to certain characters and, like... It's a big head. It, it's, yeah. He's, he is weirdly popular. It's the guy who lives in the big wrestling guy in, in Ninja Turtles. <laughs> isn't, isn't there another Marvel villain who's also a... a, a or was, it, was I always just thinking of MODOK? Maybe. I don't know. Because MODOK has, like, recently gained some popularity because there is a show on Hulu about MODOK. Oh really? Yeah, it's like an animated show, and um, I know when they canceled it recently, it was like a big, like people were very upset. So I don't know. Maybe that show was actually good, and people were like looking for that. But at the same time, if it was good, we would have heard about it. (laughs) Uh, Oh, and the and the brain thing in Ninja Turtles is named Frank. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The the guy living in the tummy of the other guy. Um, but so he's one of our one of our um, antagonists. The other antagonist that kind of pops up briefly is Bill Murray. Yeah. Who I honestly I I could have done without. It was a funny like couple of bits. There was a fascinating point actually, and I, and I don't I, I being fascinating where they're talking about humans, and he's like, oh yeah, that's what you call yourselves humans, mm-hmm. and it did make me wonder. I'm like, oh yeah, like why like in 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 Marvel land like why this species. Like, so, like, why is our species so prevalent, like, everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. In the very big and the very small, like, other worlds. I found that very interesting. Um, but, I mean, isn't that the same as, like, 
in other like sci-fi. I know why it happens from a practical storytelling yeah. perspective because we're going to tell like who we are. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of what like the universe is in like explanation of that is, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But his whole, Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah, he's superfluous. Oh, for sure. The it, there's a couple of funny lines where, like, he talks about kind of basically banging yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Who, by the way, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. God damn, dude. And she, she looks... also definitely banged King. Oh, I think so. I mean, it's never hinted at, but, like... I mean, you she, look you man. look at that man. You look at that man. You that is that a woman. handsome man. That is a handsome Have man. you seen his cover for his other movie? The one that... Uh, the, Magazine he Dreams. He's wearing some boots. What? Is he wearing some boots in the cover? And is that it? Yeah. 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 God damn. That man is built like a fucking truck. Yeah. And so they they have um they do a pretty solid job also, I think, at telling us why she initially works with him Mm -hmm. and then why she then escapes. The only thing that I don't like is the whole her being so like cagey about everything and dodgy, which I feel like could have helped avoid it's odd the the also the framing of it like they get the escape but the framing of it makes them seem like they are truly like isolated together mm-hmm. like while they're working on his um like while they're working on his ship whereas everybody else in the quantum realm does know like her yeah so i kind of wish like the way they filmed that they made it more visually clear that, like, oh, they're interacting with other people. And I don't yeah. know if that was necessarily a her, a her thing, because, and and that's kind of what I mean with like, I don't know how much time she was actually down there. Yeah, like in in Earth time, right. it's thirty years. Right. But in the in the movie, she's like, oh yeah, you know, we worked together for a few years fixing a ship. And then when I saw what he wanted to do, I was like, nah, fuck off. Yeah. Right? But then they show that he built this, like, huge empire and conquered, like, all of this stuff in the quantum realm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is not something that you just do very quickly. Well, that and also Bill Murray says, like, to some people, she's a freedom fighter. To some people, she's a terrorist. And I'm like, she oh. says that to her. she says that to well during that scene yes yeah but then I'm like okay but that's not what we saw we saw them isolated together exactly building a yeah we together. we didn't really see yeah. any of her interaction with any of the other groups right uh, and I don't know if that's just because they didn't want to like spend time which is a shame because I, I think with with more time this movie could have been an S tier movie yes. Question. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like they de-aged her from the last when, one when she when when she's talking to Kang? Because she looked the same. I don't remember. And I was like, when they went when she got sucked into the quantum realm, mm-hmm. she was relatively younger. I mean, they have that flashback of uh, Michael Douglas in the first movie, and he looks way younger. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it, did they just like assume that she was alone for that many years? And it wasn't until very close to the end of her tenure there that she met Kang. Because she, at that point, I, I thought the interaction they were showing at the beginning was her finding her way out. But then it wasn't until like I saw 
Kang like crawling around. I think she looked the same age throughout this movie. For whatever reason, actually, by watching this movie, I wondered if she looked a little younger than the last movie. But I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp in, mm-hmm. in a fat minute. And so I don't know if it's just because like they're like, ah, yeah, she she looks she looks hot enough. Yeah, let's just leave her alone. We don't have to de-age her. We'll, we'll people will buy into it. Yeah. But I think if they wanted us to buy into the the fact that she was helping him initially, like long, 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 long time ago, early into her time being in the quantum realm, mm-hmm. and then she spent like some of the last years fighting against him, like I, I she just looked like she was about ready to leave the quantum realm age wise. Yes. Unless she was there for, like I said, if they had been like, oh yeah, it was 30 years, but I was down there for like 300 years. I feel like that would have made more sense. The there's, so as a recent with this movie, the the two writers have gotten under, have come under some slack. I don't know their names. I just know that I guess they're Rick and Morty writers and they've written Mm -hmm. a few things in phase four. Um, and I've seen people on like Reddit being like, ah, oh, these like Rick and Morty writers, like I'm tired of like people thinking Rick and Morty writers should be writing everything, especially like the MCU. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe I can just chalk this up to Rick and Morty writer. Maybe. <laughs> in over their headedness. But I don't know. That's a good point. A good know. point. Yeah. But I mean, it, it it is, I guess, in a way understandable because Rick and Morty does have a lot of stuff with like multiverses and like. Yeah. Time travel and all this weird, like, you know, having multiple characters are the same, doing the same thing. So, like, in a way, I kind of get that. My my issue with Rick and Morty, honestly, is not the Rick and Morty of it. It's just I just don't like the characters. I've never seen an episode. It's right? okay. It's really not that bad. I hate the fans more than anything. Yeah, the fans suck. The fans fucking suck. Um, But I, I still think it's uh, – it, it still does not, like – Make me feel like it's solely that that is an issue here. I see. And you know, there's there's still a lot that does work in this. Um, like I said, Kang himself is very good. Kang's excellent. Um, like I said, I think every individual piece works. I even like, even though we talked about Bill Murray being superfluous. I like the Bill Murray character. I like his performance. I like that whole bar. Mm-hmm. I like. The way that Hank uses the big pin particle to get one of the little oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the little squid thingies, yeah, right? To eat him. Um, I love all of that. I'm like, I just wish some of this had more to breathe, and I wish some of the subplots could dominate the film more than they yeah more than they do. Uh, so speaking of Michael Douglas, one of the things that I I thought was pretty funny was he was pretty instrumental in the last movie. Yes. And in the first one, right? Him and Hope training Scott in the first one. Mm-hmm. Last movie is more focused on Scott and a bit on Hope. On Hope. Um, and then in this one, I just love that he's kind of just in the background, just taking everything in. He's driving, man. There's that fucking scene where he's like, holy shit, that guy <laughs> looks like broccoli. <laughs> and I don't know. I just think it's so funny to have to have Hank, who his whole life has been studying the right. quantum realm, but like never really getting to experience it. Still being blown but away. But now he's there. He's being blown away by yeah. all this shit. I just thought that was very funny. And he read Scott's book. He read Scott's he book. He read every word. Which is uh, kind of cute. 
Yeah, very cute. You know, he's like he's like his proxy dad. Exactly. Right, and well, which is kind of weird. If Cassie's grandpa, then yeah, or Cassie's his granddaughter, quote unquote, then yeah, like he's straight up his proxy. He's straight up his proxy. Which egg. you know, now that you mention that, that's true. Yeah. That does feel weird now. That you, you could that. very much like see this movie, like look, like the Ant Man's as underrated as they are. I feel like they're not in anybody's rewatch list for the most part. No, um, I feel like you could very much go into this movie forgetting that the Pims are not um, Cassie's biological grandparents, or they're not Scott's biological parents, even though that would make it weird, like incest with hope. <laughs> 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 but yes. Yeah. yeah, that's so weird, man. I, I just, yeah, yeah. You're right, cause yeah, he does call him. He, she does call him Grandpa Hank multiple times, multiple times. Right. And Michelle Pfeiffer is Grandma. Yeah, which once again back to the time thing. She would have only known because Michelle. they're not married. The Pims? No, no, no. Um, open, open. No, Scott, they're not married. They're right, not married. they're just together. But then once again, if this is a couple years after the blip, like. That's that's a that's a pretty fast like. Right. We need we need we need hard numbers on these on these timelines. We need on okay, this th- timeline. This could be a this could be a big picture talk, but we I think I think we also need a main character for for the MCU. Yeah, because we lost that with. Yeah, I don't know who the main character is. I don't. It's Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah, in the Infinity Saga for sure. Yes, there there is no doubt about that. No one will argue. I I could say that my my hope would have been that Doctor Strange could I was, be it. I thought it would be Wanda. I I don't I still kind of think it could be Loki. I I was thinking Loki and Wanda at yeah. first, um, but it it hasn't been cemented at this point, which is where I'm apprehensive on like where they've ended these phases so far. Yeah, strange. Strange. I don't know. Um, so let's talk now about moving forward, right? So how do you feel like this sets up phase five? Kang feels like a threat. Yes. I, I agree. It's interesting. We've like we're kind of at the point where like you know how you leave you leave Infinity War with like X amount of knowledge on Thanos and like you know, X amount of character growth on Thanos and how Thanos is kind of like the main character of that movie. Yeah. You're not quite at this level with, like, Kang yet. He's not, he hasn't gotten main character status of this movie. No, and I, I but, think my my only... As as much as I do think he is... He is a scary dude. Yeah. Right? Like, whenever he shows up and, like, it's him versus someone, I'm like, oh, I, I do feel like the person going up against him is fucked. Yep. Right? Like... I don't think Scott should have yeah. survived that fight with him. The ending, this the the end. Okay, so this I was, I think about this with movies too much now. Now that now that I am adamant about my letterbox account, sure. And we have this. I think way too much about the star rating because I'm going to give my movies right. <laughs> way, way too much. Way too much. And I was like, okay, right now we're hovering three or two point five, three or two point five. Like seal the deal, seal the deal, and then towards the end, I was like, okay, like we could be rising to three point five, like great movie. The ending for me for this movie was also very frustrating, and mm-hmm. part of it has to do with what you're talking about. Like, it, it, 
early on it shows like it does show how Kang could just like wreck shit. Dude, he like, like grabbed like just flick of a wrist and yeah, he they're upside down and exactly. against a wall. Um but then like like Ant Man's tech is not like good enough. No, you're be. just big or small. Yeah. That's it. And then maybe if they had like either threaded a bit more of the story with the ants mm-hmm. or the rebels, then you're like, ah, I will I will buy I will buy that teamwork was was enough to save the day mm-hmm. today, right? Um, but but that didn't stick to me. That didn't stick the landing, which then made the question mark of like, how can Scott beat him unscathed? Stick the landing. And the weird thing is, they have an opportunity. Well, they they do have like, they do have their cop out, right? Yeah. Which is Scott alone would not have beat. No. Kang, right? Yeah. So Scott, even Scott, Cassie, and and the rebels were not. Right. But it was the ants, was the ants. right? The ants overwhelmed him. They they yeah. basically wrecked his suit, which is where his problem, where his power is, right? It's a suit. Like it's yeah. it's not that he is super strong. Right. It's, it's he all has all this tech. It's all his tech. Uh, all this like very futuristic, yeah. you know, three thousand years in the future tech, whatever. It is, which right? is the interesting thing that's that does then potentially make. Ant Man a good foil for Kang because Ant Man's very Ant-Man, basic, right? Ant Man Two's power is only in his tech. It's, in his not, tech. it's not in him. And and when they're going one on one, like just you know, hand to hand, Scott's getting his ass beat. Dude, as as a very quick aside, Ant Man fucking needs some wings. <laughs> so Katie and I had this, this is chat. Some bullshit. I, I looked at Katie and I was like, "Dude, why doesn't Cassie have wings?" Yeah, I understand why Scott maybe doesn't have oh, wings because, yeah, like, yeah. that's the suit. Maybe you don't want to mess no, with it. He, he used to wings. write Anthony, and uh, he needs some wings. But <laughs> I was like, "There's a point where like Cassie's trying. Like, I think she's like making a jump. Yeah, and I'm like, she's not gonna make that jump. <laughs> she just she needs some wings, yeah. and that suit's newer, right? So why not?" Yeah, now wasp I, can't wasp can't get big, right? I don't I don't know if she can. I just think they just choose not to. Okay, because I get it. I'm like, okay, she can fly. He can get big. That's where we have some difference. But like, there's points where I'm like, ah, oh, if he could fly right now, he's so much <laughs> that's easier. That's fewer obstacles, right? <laughs> uh, speaking of yeah. speaking of obstacles, um, my favorite scene in the movie is when they're in the probability storm. I like I, I like it. I that, like it quite a bit. That scene was really good. Yeah. I I enjoyed the visuals in it. I like Baskin um, Robbins. Baskin Robbins. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, I think that was probably like the most like effective mm-hmm. scene for like Ant-Man when they're all like fighting against each other and it's not until they realize we gotta save Cassie. Yeah. That they all work together and they're like a hive mind. And visually that works very well. And it looked, yeah, it looked really cool. Yeah. Um and then also having Hope show up and just, you know, yeah. Hi, I'm in the title car too. Right. There we go. <laughs> she shows up while flying. She shows up while flying. Yeah. Um but I, I do like that What's her face? Um, Janet's the one that kind of walks him through it and, mm. and walks her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what the fuck's up with all these people? She's like, I just got to focus. Like, ignore right. them. Like, they're not. They shouldn't bother you. You stay on your task. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I do like that she's more of a main character in this movie. Um, hope. Not hope. Sorry. Janet. Janet. Yeah. Right? She, she does bring in a lot of insight. One thing that I did notice 
they did the exact same like hero move with her about four or five times where she's surrounded by two people on like you know one guy on the left one guy on the right mm. she looks at their gun and like does something with their gun uh, I don't know if you know that she did it at least three or four times Cassie or uh, Janet Janet yeah. Janet herself like she's she's got she's being escorted by two guards yeah. and she takes out the two guards by like looking at the gun and then grabbing it and like drop kicking them or something and Cassie I think also does that too she once. might yeah she uh she gets uh makes one guy really big. He like sticks through the ceiling. Yeah. And then she like punches the other guy. Or she makes him smaller and kicks him. Yeah. Right? Um but I, I do I do want to see more of Cassie. Same. I think she has potential. Thunderbird think... No, not Thunderbirds. What's the what's the one Do they have the Young Avengers cast lined up yet or no? No. They, they don't, don't they don't have a Young Avengers no. yet. I know that that's what everybody thinks is eventually going to happen because it, I, I mean it's Ant-Man and the Wasp villain who's going to be in Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts yeah, yeah, Ghost. Yeah, who apparently not anymore. Good, but here's the thing: she's the one who has the most interesting power set out of all the people. Like, I get <laughs> everybody else is just like I can punch. I get it, but like she's she's she like face through shit. I, I I get it, but she's she's pre she's pre endgame, she's pre COVID, like I guess. I guess. Yeah. You know, I bless her heart, she's been in a few things. Right. The actress is like Carmen something. San Diego? Not Carmen San Diego. Yeah. Uh but she she's been in Ready Player One. Right. She plays like a uh villain who was made for the um mm-hmm. For the book, like she said, original for the movie and the original uh, movie character, mm. and it's just like I feel so bad for her because she just does not get roles that are good. Yeah, uh, Hannah John Kamen. Okay. Uh, she was in Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City as Jill Valentine, and that was not a good role. Ooh. Uh, she was in this movie, and she was like kind of forgettable. Like they just didn't do a lot with her. Pobrecita. But she has potential to like do some good shit. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I I just I I want to see her back, but I don't know. So I know I know we're we're wrapping up here soon. Um, we talked about setting up. I right. Feel like they did a good. They did an okay job. Yes. Uh, again, it, it's the beginning of the phase. We don't know how much course correction they'll do or or how they'll end it. But if they can make some changes and and you know make on a good path, I think they're. I saw that the only Disney Plus shows for Marvel that are confirmed to come out this year are Loki and. See, no, no, not even Secret Wars. Uh, what if? What if is coming? Secret Invasion, you mean? Yeah. Is that the other one? Secret Invasion. So. Secret Invasion is the Nick Fury one. Right. It's, it's confirmed to come out this year? I think so. So if that's if that's the case, I think that's at least opportunity for some course correction where we can really, like, fine-tune mm-hmm. the story. I mean, they already yeah. pushed some things out. They moved Captain Marvel to November. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Mm-hmm. 
because I'm, I'm wondering what's happening with Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked all three of the those characters, honestly. I liked like, all three. I loved Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, Carol Danvers, I like her enough. Yeah. And I think Monica Rambeau is a, a good addition. So I'm, I'm excited for that. We said we don't think Kang is dead. So that answers that question that I had. Um, we talked about the ending scenes. Yes. Right? So that pretty much wraps it up for us. Yeah. Uh, if we were to place this really quick in our oh, in our tier, in our tier list, what did uh, I what did I do for Wakanda Forever? Wow, I think we put Wakanda Forever at a B or an A. Okay, this is where I really wish I had a B minus because I it's more to okay. This is this is where rating is tough because to me this was more fun than Wakanda Forever, but also to me more frustrating than Wakanda Forever. So we don't have an official. We don't have an official like MCU tier list, but we had one. But for we have a phase four. four. Yeah, phase four. We put uh, <laughs> we put Wakanda Forever wow. at B. Wow. All right. And what's in C? Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and What If? Okay, I don't this think this is B. No. This is B. Yeah, because this is be- This is this is better than both. But I like this more than I like Black Widow and Eternals. Yes, we put but it's, Loki, Hawkeye, okay. and She-Hulk at A. So Black Widow, I'm willing to put towards the bottom of the Bs. Eternals, I don't think Eternals was like as like Eternals kind of boring, but it's not like it's it's not broken in the way this one is. Mm-hmm. So I'll put this better than I'll put this better than um, Black Widow. Um, worse than Black Panther because Black Panther has more of an excuse. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So we can we can I would be okay with putting mid, putting it at B then. Like a mid B. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well that that does it for our uh Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh very all over the place. Quantumania Bash. Quantumania Bash. Um The MCU, baby. The MCU, baby doll. At this point, like it's all kind of blending together. Yeah. But we'll see where we go from here with um more content. More content coming up soon. We should have a How new episode. Soon? For how soon for MCU? Uh, Guardians? Yeah, Guardians is May. Okay. And I think What If is April, maybe. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about it either. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, on that note, um, this has been the Cinescoots Podcast. He is Thano. He's Javier. And we will be back soon. Bye. Bye.